And the problem with it is, one, I still have yet to see a snake. <laughs> I think we've seen two in the four to five years that we've been running out in the trail, Stephen. Yeah, and, and it's been few and far between. And and then the reality is, it really ended up you and I walking around on the trails with our phones. <laughs> taking pictures. Taking pictures of sticks. <laughs> Hi, this is Denver Isom, and I'm a big ash runner from the midden state of Saginaw, Michigan. Welcome to the Big Ash Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here are your awesome hosts, Jeff Harrell and Stephen Pritt. Stephen, he said awesome hosts. Well, I think he's completely accurate. (laughs) 100%. And, by the way, his name is Denver, and that is one of our favorite cities. So I think that's what's awesome. Yeah, he had us at Denver and then run, but then his Instagram, he keeps on running because he puts another run at the end of it. He does. He's great. If you guys don't follow him, Denver, thank you so much for for doing the introduction. He's a really good athlete. I've seen his Instagram. He's pretty impressive. He's awesome. His Instagram is run, as Steven said, run. Double underscore right Denver single underscore run single underscore if you want to follow him. And I would because he is a great athlete. Well, Stephen, this is episode number 29 of the Big Ass Runner. Yes. You know what, Jeff? We're almost to number 30. Isn't that amazing how that works? It feels like we're one away. I know. It's like we're so close, but yet we need to finish up this episode before we get ahead of ourselves. It's so true. (laughs) Well, I'm Jeff Harrell. And I'm Stephen Print. Stephen, we've got a great episode ahead. We've got a couple of really fun things. In fact, we're going to hear from a couple of our listeners about, if you remember a couple of episodes ago, we talked with Marcy Baser mm-hmm. and we gave her some options on some really tough ultras that she could run. Yep. We're going to hear from two of our listeners about ultras that they ran that were very, very difficult. It's called My Toughest Ultra. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I think on Instagram, people started talking about some of their races and when they heard Marcy's selections or we were going through that. And so um, it's pretty cool to hear from some of our, our listeners about some of the tough things that they've done. So I'm really excited about this segment. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. And then we've got one, Stephen, I think is going to be a little bit of a peek behind the Big Ass Runner podcast curtain. And that is we get a lot of questions about, you know, why do you guys do certain segments? Right. And why don't you do other segments? (laughs) And so we're actually going to talk about some of the segments that didn't make the podcast. Maybe we're rife with some problems from the get-go. Right. Yeah, I think people don't realize this, Jeff, but we're very new to the podcast game. I mean, we, you and I just kind of came up with this idea last summer and just started trying to do it. And so we had some ideas that may be good. And, and obviously, we'll share some ones that maybe weren't the best maybe idea. Weren't. Some people would argue, do we have any good ones? I think we do. We have a few good ones. But yes, we'll talk about the segments that didn't fly. Right. But before we get to that, last week, Stephen, we talked about what we love about road trips. And of uh-huh. course, road trip food was a big part of that yeah you asked for people's feedback this week on instagram and we got tons of feedback yeah i think everybody enjoys a good road trip but i think what they enjoy more is the food that accompanies the road trips because you know jeff i think trail and ultra runners are actually snack connoisseurs i mean we've we've talked at length about the aid station but i mean this is prep for the aid station and so you know like us we love to hit those tackling 
hard topics and apparently very controversial. Very controversial. So uh, we hit another little gusher here, and I think it was it was pretty fun to see you know what what people were saying. A lot of the feedback. Now there was a lot of love for the beef jerky. Yeah, that was I, one that you shared last week. That's pretty much a staple. I think I think everybody enjoys some form of jerky, whether it's turkey, you know, beef or turkey jerky. Ba- it, have you, it rhymes too. Have you tried bacon jerky? Oh my goodness gracious, no! But I want to. Yeah. So on the last trip we went on, I tried bacon jerky it's delicious it's like it has to be yeah i mean it's it's bacon that's jerkied and you can pretty much have it anytime you want i mean i can't think of a better idea than that that is awesome yeah greg reminded us of the greatness of the sunflower seed i'd forgotten about that sunflower seeds are great especially on those longer road trips when maybe everyone else is falling asleep yes you're trying to stay awake the sunflower seed is money yeah, I mean, in addition to you know getting a little protein, it's more about the mouth entertainment, really. <laughs> it's like trying to crack open that nut and then you know spit it out. Do you do you just spit it out the window or no? I, I get a cup. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to get the cup and, and spit that way. The wind because sometimes it's too cold outside, you know, too warm outside, whatever. Yeah, the, the cup fir- takes that out of the equation. The first time I did that, I thought it was going to be cool, and I rolled down the window to spit it out, but the seed just flew back in the face. <laughs> it's, they're not very heavy. So when you're going down 75 miles an hour down the Texas highway or wherever you live um don't spit the seat out it's, it's just not it's going to come back to you coming right back at you now we did mention bucky's a lot of people don't know what bucky's is you you called it the uh the gas station on crack pretty much yeah it is a gas station mall it's the biggest gas station you can't even call it a gas station it is so amazing there are i don't know 500 pumps out there to get your <laughs> gasoline in you walk in it's like a mall they've got everything well Katie says that she likes everything at Bucky's. The cool thing, Katie, is that Bucky's has everything. So, but where would you put it if you did get everything at Bucky's? Um, I think one of those semi trucks that are parked out front. <laughs> you need it. You kind of need that for, instead of instead of a pickup truck. Yes, and Fizzy Rascal said Percy Pig, which I believe is a brand of ice cream and treats. As I looked on the uh, the interwebs, oh, I thought it was like like a farm animal that you kind of like. If maybe we'll have a dog, you you kind of bring Percy Pig along with you <laughs> to, keep, sounds, to keep you company. That sounds right. Yeah. Well, Jessica said chili pistachios. We had a lot of uh, spicy flavors within our group. Yeah, I think the spicy sour thing I think is a is a road trip staple. I like what Skunk Ape event said they take a jar of peanut butter uh-huh. a jar of jelly and a jar of hazelnut they put them in the cup holders of the truck and they spoon feed them into their mouth <laughs> that is amazing that, that might sound like a i mean do you go in some kind of combination or i don't know that's that's uh don't you need an extra cup holder like mine only has two no mine's got four. Oh, really oh yeah okay you gotta get a truck <laughs> oh great you need a truck i do laura says sour patch kids and peach ring gummies those sound good right i've never had a peach ring gummy they're they are quite delicious oh really yes there, I mean, you wouldn't think it's it's part of that. I think it's like the Harbro, whatever they're called, gummy okay. company. Yeah, they're they're really good. Now, Sheila, however, she wants to break up with us over us dissing bananas, candy corn, and conversation hearts. And for the record, by the way, I said I like one brand. I believe it's Brock's that I like of of conversation hearts. Uh-huh. You compared it to schoolyard chalk. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, we did get some uh, we did get some notes from from Sheila's uh, divorce lawyer on a podcast. <laughs> divorce lawyer, candy corn's good for like one time, in my opinion. 
I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna hear about this from her. She's gonna get after you <laughs> one time in you know in October, and then they just need to go away. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, Sheila. We'll we'll see what, what who gets what in the settlement. Well, I thought it was funny that Jen wanted to fight anybody over corn nuts, and she also pointed out that ranch flavored are the best. Yeah, and I told her that she wins. I'm not gonna fight Jen. Yeah, we we don't want to fight Jen. <laughs> no. That's for sure. Erica with a C said, "Flaming hot smart food popcorn, hot mama pickles." squirt and muddy buddies yeah when i saw erica i was like what i've never had flaming hot smart food popcorn but i do like their popcorn their cheddar so i i kind of like that and then i'm a big squirt fan a nice cold squirt it's on good a, on a hot day mm, can't can't beat that hey rando fact i used to be the squirt brand manager when i worked at dr pepper get out yeah how about that man hand model and squirt this <laughs> and is squirt amazing brand manager squirt brand manager the hot mama pickles have to be related to the big papa don't they i think they're married <laughs> to be i think they're they're married and that's where you get little dud pickles from <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's funny uh, <laughs> You know, Stephen, I think you're right. You know, <laughs> you know, Lisa Marie threw us for a little bit of a loop when she said Altoids. Right. I originally, when I saw that, I thought, well, maybe it's because they're quite strong that maybe, you know, it kind of keeps you awake in those midnight hours. Oh, that's true. My first inclination was, well, maybe you never know who you're going to meet at a gas station on a road trip. So <laughs> that's a common pickup place. I, I, it's like, hey, you come here often <laughs> and, you know, you got to have yeah, the out. Yeah, like every you know, a couple hundred miles, my car's out of gas. Right, exactly. But yeah, she clarified it. it was just the fact that they're they're strong, and maybe you're not brushing your teeth, you know, a whole lot on road trips. So <laughs> who knows? Yeah, good good call in there. Well, and then Matt added moon pies. Ooh, I've never had a moon pie. I don't before. know if I have either. I've seen them. I think I see them all the time. They're just like the little marshmallow sandwiches. Is I that right? I think so. Yeah, moon pie. And Bobby with an I said combos. And you know, I've seen those as well. I don't know that I've ever had a combo. Is that the one where they're like the little rolled up thing that's, yes. that's stuck? Okay, so the only reason why I haven't tried them is when I was little, we had a dog and it looks a lot like the dog treats. <laughs> that's true. So I was like, I don't know. So. I think you should give it a, a whirl on our, on our trip down to Rocky Raccoon. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Ashley pointed out, I think she's right about this, roadside stands and getting things like boiled peanuts and brown paper bags, roadside stands in Florida, for oh, example. Oh, yeah. Okay. You can find some good food on the roadside stands. You can. I, I remember, like, especially like fresh preserves and fruit and that kind of stuff. Tea preserves? Uh, um, that surprises me. Is that like jams? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you can get some good <laughs> strawberry ones in the South. Okay. Love it. All righty. Erica with a K and Dana both said trail mix. Now, clearly, we saw at Bandera that trail runners don't eat it during a race, but perhaps in between races. Yeah, so that's maybe where it lives. That's where it should live. That's, that's where its home is, on the way to the race and back home from the race, but not on the race. Jacqueline added Gardettos. Yeah. Which are delicious as well. Very nice. And so I got to explain this one because Joseph said beaver nuggets and... So when we go back to Bucky's, Bucky's has this item called Beaver Nuggets. It's kind of like popcorn, but it's not really popcorn. So here's what I think about Beaver Nuggets. Did you ever have the cereal pops cereal? Oh yeah, I think it's sugar pops. Yeah, sugar pops, like the little, was it like the little bear on the front or whatever. Yeah. To me, it reminds me of those, but they're just bigger, like everything else in Texas, just a little <laughs> bit, just a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. That sounds delicious. Yes. Angelica said gummy bears. Yeah. Always always a favorite. Emily added chocolate-covered raisins and fruit leathers. What's a fruit leather, Stephen? 
I don't know. I'm going to take a guess. Is that like where it, like the dried fruit, like a fruit roll-up that's more natural maybe? Maybe so. It may be what Mercedes also added, dried mango. Maybe that's a similar kind of thing. Right. But she gets hers from Trader Joe's and she gets the Taos bars from Natural Grocers. Yeah, I think Mercedes definitely gets the the healthy road trip snacks, which you know we probably should all probably learn from a little bit. So. It feels that way. And then finally, Terry says, if I'm not running or hiking, I got to have my hot flaming munchies do you know what oh, those are yeah are i do okay so um if you guys ever had like flaming hot uh, cheetos they have munchies but they have hot versions of it so like i think the one i usually get is like the cheese ones where there's cheetos sun chips oh they mix them up together yeah exactly so the uh, munchies yes. but now there's a flaming hot version of that where it's all that together so i think that's a really good list and i think talk about crowdsourcing our listeners are amazing because they just gave us a really good list i know some of you guys are maybe driving or listening to us on your run so why don't we just kind of jeff maybe just recap a little bit just briefly do you mean to just kind of list them all yeah yeah exactly just, just real quick yep okay beef jerky sunflower seeds katie says everything at bucky's cisco rat says percy pig jessica says chili pistachios skin cape event says pb a jelly hazelnut and peanut butter and cup holders for the trucks and fits them to his mouth laura says sour patch kids and pinch ring gumbies sheila wants to fight us jen wants to fight us also over corn nuts erica with the c says flaming hot smart food popcorn hot mama pickle squirt and muddy buddies lisa adds altoids matt says moon pies bobby says combos ashley says roadside stands like getting boiled peanuts in a brown paper bag erica with a k and dana both say trail mix jacqueline added gardettos joseph added beaver nuggets angelica says gummy bears emily says chocolate covered raisins and fruit leathers mercedes says dried mangoes from trader joe's and towels bars from natural grocers and terry says flaming hot munchies well, there you have it, folks. There's a simple list. So good luck on your road trips. And as you guys are getting out there, try some of these new items. Yeah, I hope you wrote all those down yep. and try them on your next trip. Sounds good. Still, Stephen, with that, let's get episode number 29 started. On the road again. I just can't wait to get on the road again. Life I love is making music with my friends. And I can't wait to get on the road again. Stephen, a couple of weeks ago, we had Marcy Baser on, and we gave her a list of some of the toughest ultras from all over the world. She got to pick one that she's going to do someday. We're not sure when that's going to be, but someday. Yeah. I'm not holding my breath, but yes, I think- <laughs> None of us are. <laughs> but I think she picked one. We, we listed out several of them, but she picked out the uh, the Papa Nui Marathon that happens every June on, believe it or not- Easter Island. I love Easter Island. And she's got about, what, four months to train? I think she can do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not until June, so. Oh, yeah, we got plenty of time. Exactly. Plenty of time. Well, that inspired us when we heard that. And we heard from a couple of our listeners as well on some of the toughest ultras that they've ever done. First is Lisa Marie, and then we'll hear from Megan. Lisa Marie, get this, Stephen, she did an ultra in Borneo. Borneo? Where, is that in like Southern Utah or? I think... No, I think a little bit farther, I don't know, south and maybe east. I don't know, but Borneo is actually the, get this, Stephen, uh-huh. the third largest island in the world. Wow, that's uh, that's that's some really good facts here. Did you get that from the data scientist? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, they're so smart. They are smart. They knew right away. They knew right away that it was behind Greenland and New Guinea. Okay, that was going to be my first and second guess, but yes. not at all. Not at all. It's right ahead of your favorite island, Stephen, Madagascar. I love that. I've never been there, but I want to go. Yes, so it's the third largest island. It's actually located, because I asked them, okay, what country is it in? They mm-hmm. said, they said, uh, uh, 
El Jefe. It's a little more difficult <laughs> than just that. I'm not sure you're going to understand. Okay. But apparently it is in three or four different countries. It's in Indonesia. Okay. Malaysia. And I don't even understand what this means with the Sultan Tante of Brunei. Oh, that sounds very official. I'm sure it's... The uh, Sultan... How do you even pronounce that, Stephen? Um, Sultante of Brunel. Sultanate of Brunei. Yes. (laughs) Sukamaka Brunette. And guess what it's known for, Stephen? It is known for its beaches and ancient biodiverse rainforest. Wow. That sounds like a beautiful place, actually. Well, and it's wild. You know, we're a little bit worried about snakes around here and Uh and coyotes to some degree. They've got to worry about orangutans and clouded leopards. You know, I can actually relate a little bit about the orangutans. I've been to Kenya. Uh-oh. And monkeys there, they're mean little yeah, guys. Monkeys are mean. Yeah, they're they're not cute and cuddly. So I can only imagine orangutans. I've heard they're very strong. Monkeys will throw stuff on you and yeah. stuff that came right out of their bottom. Right, yeah. It's it's not a it's not a fun present to be slung at. So, uh, no. yeah. Google ranks Borneo 4.3 out of 5 stars, Stephen. Oh. Is that like a Yelp review or, I mean, like places to travel? 100%. Wow. 100%. Well, let's hear from Lisa Marie on her toughest race in Borneo. Hi, my name is Lisa Marie Griffin. I am an ultra runner, adventure runner, here today to talk about the hardest race that I have ever entered. And that, my friend, is super easy. That would be Borneo Ultra Trails in Malaysia. So um, Borneo sits on this little island outside the main island of Malaysia. And at the time, I lived in Singapore and This was at the beginning of the pandemic. So we knew this was the last race was going to happen for a very long time. So heck yeah, I was going to go. I was heading to this race no matter what. (laughs) And some of the people around me started telling me little things like make sure you bring money. And I'm like, I have never brought money on a race before, but sure, whatever. Um, And so we're all lining up. And I remember it was like 6 a.m. in the morning that her headlights on. I have a picture of me with the headlights on and six o'clock happened. The sun pops up right in your face. The bell goes off and then off we go right up this mountain. And you go for a while and you're really expending your energy because you are running with everybody. So, you know, sometimes the 30 cares, they can run really, really fast. And you get to the people who long long distance, we're slower. So we're all in this thing. Everyone takes a left and then down into the rainforest you go. Now, when I say down, you weren't running down a nice little hill. Oh, no. You're running to where you actually could put your butt on the side of the mountain and slide down. It probably would have been a better choice. And you can't slow down because you have all these mounds of people coming behind you and they're right in front of you. So it's like being in in traffic. You just have to go. Thankfully, I didn't fall. You know, and you got roots everywhere. So you really are trying not to fall. And then you're hitting the ivy and it is just a bunch of madness. And we were coming up to a bridge and these are bridges over major rivers. And they're the, the swinging bridges. So, you know... I'm not saying I'm afraid of heights, and I'm not saying I'm not, but I just wanted to cross them bridges. I mean, I would have rather been blindfolded, but I made it across. It never occurred to me at that moment that what come goes down must go up, but sure as heck it did. So the next thing we did is we went back through the jungle, going straight up. Your toes are so close to your shins, you just know the next day your legs are ruined. So you finally make it up there, and you're hitting the dirt road now. But you're looking out, and there's Malaysia. There's this island of Borneo. You can see the volcano that you're going to be. And you're like, oh, it's so beautiful. And you see what you're climbing. You're like, oh, I can do this. 
No, you go up there and you turn a corner and it's more. The total elevation was 8,800 feet. So you can imagine that you're just going and you're going around this mountain. And I come around and I actually see grown men crying because it wasn't ever done. I was two hours just to get up this sucker and there's no water. You know, you're having to pay for your water. You're paying for your Cokes. This is just how it is over there. It is not like America where we take care of our runners. Oh, no, 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 no. You have to buy your Coke. You have to buy your water. And that's tough. It really is on a runner's mind. I'm thankfully, I do have a strong mind, so it didn't bother me too much yet. (laughs) So we get to the top of this thing. And remember what I said, what goes up must come down. So you're, you're going down and you, again, you can just sit down on this mountain and go down, except for you're twirling around this hill. You start seeing people with umbrellas. They're smart. They're carrying umbrellas, running with an umbrella because it is so hot out there. And you're going down, 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 and then you're hitting the rainforest again. And there's dogs and they're wild dogs. And I actually picked up a bamboo stick and I'm running like I'm a tribesman running through the forest because I'm scared of these dogs. And other people are doing the same things. We finally see these dogs and they're these tiny little chihuahuas dogs with a big bark over more rivers up again and you're going up and this is like double this is the big one you're going up and you're just you're wanting to cry you're so thirsty and really all you have again is coca-cola and water and and ice you're buying your ice and i'm throwing it under my hat i'm sitting in rivers anything just to stay cool and then down you go this the last way through the um the jungle and that was the crazy part was that last way through when i say that you have you know, you basically, when you went up, your toes are touching your shins. And when you're going down, it's like a ballerina and you're in point. Finally make it down. I survived the down. And I, by this time, I really am starving. I went through everything, but it just did not feel right. So I reach in my pack and I find a hammer gel, a chocolate one. It's the best chocolate I've had in my life. I swear, I there was nothing left. You couldn't have even, like, scraped a spatula in there. It was so good. And I ran to the end. I don't know where the energy came from except from that hammer and the will to just make it across that finish line. I did take fourth place. I cried. I cried because... <laughs> I don't know if it was more because I I, I felt like I did so well and I earned that fourth place or the fact that I survived Borneo. Um, To this day, I measure every single race that I enter. Will it match up to Borneo? Is it that hard? This weekend, I will be running one. I will be running my first 135 during a snow and ice storm that's coming and um, looks like we're going to be doing this at minus three degrees in Oklahoma. So maybe this will match to Borneo or maybe not. And maybe I'll get to see another grown man cries. Who knows? Hope y'all have a wonderful day. Well, Stephen, a couple of things come to mind. First of all, my ankles hurt all of a sudden. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm like literally visualizing when she was saying when your toes touch your shins, like that kind of incline. Just, That's painful. <laughs> that sounds painful. And then the second thing that came to my mind is Oklahoma versus Borneo showed the very similar terrain. Yeah, I mean, what a crazy story. We Sometimes we think about running races, Jeff, and, and comforts like aid stations, or we, we kind of joke comfort stations, but also to run one in a different country that maybe is a little less developed than the United States and having to pay for your aid station food. I mean, we should have done that. We should have done We should have a tip jar, at least. <laughs> exactly. Well, what an incredible struggle. I mean, to... This sounds like in just the the perseverance she had, and I can only imagine the 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 temperature ranges from from rainforest to mountains. I mean, that just sounds like an incredibly difficult race. I mean, if you're having to 
sit in water just to cool off. I can only imagine like the humidity. And I mean, what an insane race. And don't forget about the wild chihuahuas. Yes. I mean, <laughs> if there's anything that I would have been scared of, it's the wild chihuahuas. You know, I kind of can admit sometimes if I'm running at night on trails in, and um, you hear stuff in the woods, you don't know what it is. I mean, usually exactly. it's, it's rabbits, but you don't know, you exactly know, right. so especially if you're in a jungle, I mean, it's not like you're talking about squirrels here. Well, what I love about the story is Lisa Murray's perseverance through, mm-hmm. like you said, the ups and downs, the hot and cold, the hunger, the all that. She persevered. She got fourth place. Amazing. Yeah. It sounds like there were a lot of people in that race. And she's about to tackle a hundred. 35 miler in the cold and snow and sleet of Oklahoma. Right. First of all, Lisa Marie, thank you so much for sharing that. I think it is, Jeff, a little inspiring just having that mental fortitude to keep on going, to literally cross the finish line, but also just to keep focused on that. We uh, we sure hope that your race this week goes well. Congratulations. I mean, having that type of a race to be a benchmark against other races, uh, it might make other <laughs> trail races seem easy compared to that one. So I think there's a lot of positive that come out of that oh yeah thanks lisa marie for that story steven our next story is from megan gould Mm -hmm. i think everyone knows megan megan's been on the show a couple of different times sharing some tips on mobility stretching as well as recovery and megan actually ran the barkley fall classic yeah so when i put this out on on instagram she mentioned that she ran the the barkley fall classic and i was like wait wait a minute and i don't know if you guys have ever seen or heard about that race but there's the the barkley marathons but there's also the barkley fall classic and if, if you guys haven't i would encourage you just this is like one of the toughest the marathon is one of the toughest races like it's it's such a cool documentary there's some really cool information but it takes place in frozen head state park up in tennessee and it's just amazing how this race came about the race organizer it's it's very unique jeff i mean it is it's such a unique race so when megan said that she had run the barkley fall classic i was like i want to learn more about this yeah the barkley marathons is five loops of 20 something miles in really difficult terrain the barkley fall classic is a little different in that it's a 50k But don't take that lightly. It's still on the same rough and crazy terrain that the Barkley Marathons is on. Yeah, I think the craziest thing about that race, Jeff, is that it's not marked. Like, it's intentionally not marked, and it's at night. So you have to be like an orienteering wizard to even get through it. And many people don't even make it out. I mean, they eventually do, but you know, like that you've got to, you've got to keep pace on time and stuff. It's, it's a really cool documentary. If you have not heard about it, I would highly encourage you to look it up. And Laz Lake is also the race director for the fall classic, just like he is for the Barkley marathon. He calls this race attainable for anyone, but easy for no one. That's true. Yeah. Uh, there's many years where there's not a winner. <laughs> it's just true. No, nobody finishes it. There's just, it's not possible. Um, the fact that she did a version of this is really incredible. So when I saw that Megan had, had attempted that, I'm like, we, we got to hear from her about that. Well, here's Megan talking about the Barkley fall classic. Hey, I'm Megan Gould, and you might recognize me from a previous episode here on The Big Ass Runner. And I'm going to share my experience at one of the toughest races I've ever done, the Barkley Fall Classic. Now, it's a mini version of the Big Barkley held in the same place, Frozen Head State Park in Tennessee, and you'll encounter some of the same features and terrain that you see if you've ever watched any of the Barkley documentaries or race recaps online. And without a doubt, (laughs) this is a tough race. 
One of the toughest aspects, especially if you're a first timer, is that you don't know what to expect. The course changes every year and the details are very closely guarded. As a participant, you don't get to see the course map until you're physically there in Tennessee. And you're not allowed any sort of GPS device. And honestly, to this day, I couldn't tell you exactly how many miles this race even is. But to me, this is the fun part. Showing up and not knowing what you'll encounter or endure and needing to prepare yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally for just about anything. So yeah, it's a good time. (laughs) Two quick stories that I want to share, one high and one low. I'll just start with the low. One of the toughest parts of the course that I did my year was a feature called Rat Jaw. You may have heard of it. A short but super steep climb through basically a tunnel of thorny pricker bushes. (laughs) Sounds fun, right? So picture it's a blazing hot and dusty Tennessee afternoon. The sun is directly lined up on this section of the course, and I'm crawling hand over fist through the prickers, just praying to God (laughs) that I don't encounter a rattlesnake or worse yet, one of those zombie snakes. (laughs) I'm also trying not to look at my arms or legs that are now basically streaked with blood. (laughs) This was a really tough section for me because it just seemed like every time I stood up to try to catch a glimpse of that fire tower that I was headed for, it never seemed to get any closer. On the flip side, my high for that race was the moment that I reached decision point. And this is a specific spot on the course. It's an aid station. And when I got there, I realized that I had made the time cutoff and I was going to be able to continue on the course for a full distance finish. I rolled into the aid station, got my drop bag, swapped out a few essentials, grabbed my headlamp and headed over to get my bib punched by Laz. Although I was still a ways away from the finish, this was the time and place that I had really been fighting to get to all day. And to me, it represented a big win because I told myself that I wasn't going all the way down to Tennessee not to finish this race. So the moral of the story is if you're looking for a serious challenge, I'd highly recommend the Barkley Fall Classic. Well, Stephen, anything called rat jaw, I think I'm out. <laughs> yeah, rat jaw and zombie snakes. I'm like, whoa. Brutal. Yeah, I, I, that sounds like an, an obstacle in itself just for that. But yeah, man, what an incredible story. As she mentioned, there's lots of documentaries about those series of races. But just that park alone in that terrain, I've, I've heard it's just an, incredible. So to, to attempt a race there to begin with, much less in this area, man, a lot of respect out to you too, Megan, for, for even attempting that. Yeah, Stephen, I watched the documentary several times. And I know with Rat Jaw, it's like you're literally crawling up a hill, grabbing onto anything, and there's thorns thorns everywhere. Right. So you grab <laughs> something, you think it's going to help you, and it's actually a thorn. Right. And so I can imagine how difficult that is. And I, I've also, you know, there's been those races where you, you think you're making progress, but you look up and you haven't made any progress or does it feel like it? 
that can be so discouraging. But man, I just love how Megan just said, you know what? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to hit this one cutoff. I'm going to make it. And she made it. And she knew at that point that she was going to finish. And that was really, really inspiring. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we all can relate to that of getting that checkpoint or getting to that next spot in a race. Uh, we've all been there. And then I love what she said at the end. It's like, you know, I'm not I'm not coming to Tennessee not to finish. So I think it's going back to what we've talked before, like having that why and, you know, having that the end result in mind. Well, Megan, thank you so much for sharing that. And what an incredible story. You know, Jeff, I don't know, maybe we should put that. That, that is kind of one I, I wouldn't mind trying at some point in times. Maybe we'll put that on a, on a future bucket list. Well, thanks again to both Megan and Lisa Marie for sharing with us their toughest ultras. I know, Stephen, we've got a lot of races now. We're starting to put on the calendar. Yeah, I think I've got one a month actually coming up. It's awesome. We are doing some tougher training runs. And these kinds of stories are inspiring to say, hey, people can do hard things. And when you have a tough run, a tough race or a tough training run just to keep persevering, keep fighting through. So thanks again, Lisa Marie and Megan for that reminder. So Stephen, that is my toughest ultra. Well, Stephen, one of the things we absolutely love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there making it happen. Stephen, who do we have this week? Yeah, Jeff, you know, I, I really do think we have some of the best listeners and some 100%. of the, the best followers on Instagram. That's probably one of the things that that we probably enjoy the most is, is looking on Instagram and, and seeing the people out there. Well, Jeff, this week we actually have Heather and she goes by Thirsty Runner Girl on Instagram and she's awesome. She's she's an amazing runner out there. It looks like she really enjoys being outside and hiking and you know being with her family and she loves to travel. Mountains and anything outside is, is her happy place. And so congratulations to you of just getting out there. I know the other day it was like seven degrees outside and she went out and just crushed nine miles and just got out there and kind of like we always say just it's we're an everyday podcast for everyday trail runners getting out there and getting it done and she's out there in seven degree weather is running nine miles so congratulations heather we really appreciate you following us and if you guys have not followed her check her out at thirsty runner girl and on instagram and she's in one of our favorite states, Stephen. She's in Utah. Yes. Love Utah. It's it's a gorgeous. If you guys have not been to Utah, I'm a little slightly jealous of people who live in Utah and, and Colorado. Way to go, Heather. Stephen, this is a brand new segment, and it's kind of a segment about segments. It's very meta. Yes, it is. It's, it's so deep and existential at the same time. <laughs> at the very same time. <laughs> you know, we get a lot of people that ask us, hey, why do you, you know, how did you come up with that amazing segment? I mean, it was so interesting and funny. Yeah, and I think they don't realize the hours that you and I pour over these. And, oh, hours, days, and, um, months, weeks. Minutes. Minutes, uh, seconds. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of funny, Jeff. People ask us a lot about the podcast and you and I first got started, we, we just were running like, hey, we should try our hand at a podcast. And it's been really fun, but each week it's a lot to put 
put on and then we want to keep it interesting and have a mix of things. And, you know, at the end of the day, Jeff, the, the podcast is really for our listeners and for the everyday drum runner. So, you know, you and I, we would brainstorm on, okay, you know, different segments. And, you know, we like to say that we'd hit home runs on all of them. Oh, yeah. We're in the Hall of Fame, baby. Hall of Fame. We really aren't. And we've had a few, Jeff, that maybe just either just quite didn't make it to the show or ones that maybe we've tried and you guys were like, huh, whatever happened to that segment? Yeah, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Well, there's there's a reason for that. So we thought it'd be kind of fun to just kind of give you a little peek behind the curtain, a little bit of just how we've kind of developed these things and that we would talk about a few segments that maybe just either didn't go well or maybe just never, never took off. That's right. And this first one, Stephen, actually made it into a segment early on in the podcast. Yeah. You know, we love to give our listeners value. Uh-huh. We love to give them our opinions. Of course. They can take them or leave them. Yeah, that's what it is. Free, right? It's free opinions, right? Nuggets of insight. Exactly. Wisdom from the top. Wisdom from the top. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. From the top of our heads. Top of our heads. <laughs> So this first one was called Taste Test. And the idea was, you know, you and I both are, you know, you're much more particular than I am about food, about things that you consume. That's a really nice way of saying that I'm picky. You're very picky. Which is right. I'll own that. I I do pick things out of things and um, I'm kind of basic in in my, in my, in my food. Yeah, Yeah. you're pretty, you're pretty picky. So we thought let's try (laughs) because there's so many protein bars and you know different bars for races and packaged this and that and a lot of them are gross right i mean you guys have all faced this so wherever you shop if it's sprouts or the grocery store or you go to rei you go to that one section where they have all the protein bars and then you just you know if you're like me you go and you stare at it and you're just i know in my grocery store there's literally a half a, a long aisle in the grocery store and there's all of these bars and I just sit there and stare at them. And you guys know and we know, you know that 90% of them taste horrible. Tastes like cardboard. Yeah, exactly. But you're willing to take the effort and the time to try some out. They might be 50 cents to $4, you know, the ranges. And it's like... And the packaging, Jeff, it looks so good. It's like, oh, it's got peanut butter in the middle. Very creative titles, yeah, too. it's like mocha fudge peanut butter bliss. And you're like, bliss, exactly. How could I go wrong with that? Sounds and you, fantastic. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, of course it's fantastic. And then you eat it and you're like, did I? That was not fantastic. Right, did I unwrap it? Because it tastes like the wrapper. I'm not sure if I, it was still a Was there a piece of cardboard in there I was supposed to take out? Right, exactly. So you guys have all had that feeling. So finding your, your right bar, your right protein thing. So we thought that we would try something different. And we called it taste test. And what we were going to do is me, you, and we had either had Timmy Time or Marcy on. Right. And we would try a bar on the air, so to speak. <laughs> And we would give our opinion on what it tasted like. And then we listened to it back and we said, you know what? I think we've made one of the the faux pas of podcasting, <laughs> which is never eat on the air. It's disgusting. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, maybe if you had parents like this where it's like, don't talk with food in your mouth at the table. 
Well, we did that on a recording and said, hey. <laughs> and put it out to a lot of people. Yeah, you know what? We bet that all of our our 15,000 listeners or downloads would really enjoy listening to us. Smack. Smack on the, on the air. <laughs> and it was funny, Jeff, because I would go out and I would like, great, I'll go shopping. I love getting things. And I'd go to Sprouts or someplace and, and get all of these things. And and then the, the funny thing is we would we'd want to give our honest opinion, but if it was gross... We're still having to choke it down. And if it wasn't gross, we only had one. So we were like sharing parts and slivers of it. And then we realized it's like, you can't see it. You can't smell it. You no. can't taste it. You know, but what? Let's describe it and talk with food <laughs> in our mouth, trying to describe something that they can't use most of their senses for. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we pre-recorded three different <laughs> segments of, of taste test, and only one of them made it to yeah. the air. Right. You, you have to find it early on in the <laughs> podcast, and we said, you know what? That one's not going to fly. Right. It, it did not fly. It, uh, we DNF'd that sucker, and, and maybe you like that segment. Maybe you can convince us otherwise to bring it back. Or maybe there's a different way of doing it. But we realized describing something that you could not taste, feel, or see on an audio format or smell, just probably not the smartest idea in the whole entire world. And just add some smacking. It was a no win. Yeah, exactly. So that DNF, here's one that DNS'd, Stephen. DNS? What is that? Did not start. <laughs> That's true. Worse <laughs> than a DNF. At least you started on the DNF. This is a DNS. Didn't even start. Right. But it actually is a segment we do now. We just called it something different. Yeah, so we have a segment now called Likes and Kudos, something we came up from the very beginning because, like I said before, we wanted this podcast to be for the everyday runner without sounding like a politician by the everyday runner, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and so we really wanted to put people in the podcast. So the, the segment was Likes and Kudos, where we could go look on Strava and look on Instagram. Well, Jeff, you and I both have a marketing background, so we're always up for something that's kind of fun, you know. Clever. Clever, you know, like some funny things. And so originally, guys, this is this is totally true. Up until the point that we we actually almost aired it, you know, because we thought it was funny and we were laughing and we were going to call it that. But Likes and Kudos was originally called Creep On Going. Oh, my gosh, Stephen. <laughs> creep On Going. You know, like Keep On Going. We thought it was clever. We're you know? creeping on your, on your Strava. Right. But then as we started to think about it, it's like it is a little bit funny of a name, but it sounded like we were going to be like creeping on people and getting into their personal business, which we do not want to do, nor do we condone driving driving around in a white conversion van we didn't want any of that right exactly so creep on going was was not one that we wanted to keep <laughs> on doing we decided you know likes and kudos was much more important and, and we do not creep on people we just thought how do we get to know people as we're getting started you know kind of thing yep so that one's gone another one that we that does live but was actually a <laughs> different concept so just a little bit of background we were in contract negotiations with timmy times agent it was it was it was intense, really. They're 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 not easy to work with. It was back and forth. We we were actually didn't think the deal would get done. And so we had to come up with another idea for Timmy Time. And so my idea was called Steven Sings Sultry Songs from the Seventies. Say that again one more time. Steven Sings <laughs> Sultry Songs from the Seventies. It was rife with a lot of problems from the very beginning, Steven. First of all, yes. we thought the word sultry meant something that it actually does mean. 
Right. Um, we had, we were a little wrong on the definition. Yeah, probably not one for a family podcast. That's right. And and uh, yeah, so we decided that probably was not the most optimal word for that. And then the second problem was you didn't know any songs from the 70s. Yeah, considering I was not very old in the 70s and my musical acumen, as you guys can tell, um, is is not the best. It's getting better. I think I proved that on the last episode, but it's, it's getting better. But yeah, I didn't know any songs from the 70s. And so he said, well, what about from the 80s? You didn't know any songs from the 80s. We said, what about 90s? Didn't really have any songs from the 90s. You were like, well, what, what about songs from movies? And we're like, well, that's kind of niche. Right. Not sure if that's that's going to work. So yeah, Stevens singing sultry songs from the 70s did not find the light of day. It converted into Timmy time and the rest is history. Well, Jeff, I think we had one more that we really thought at the beginning too that was going to be work really, really well. We've done this before. We've talked about different definitions. In fact, we got an email this week about helping uh, people learn new definitions and stuff. And so one of the ones that we we learned about lingo was you know, another name for snake. So you call them, you know, nope ropes or day danger wiggles. And so we all have this and I'm, and maybe it's with you guys as well too that when you're running on the trail, you know, you're looking down and you're always, you know, thinking about I should just watch where my foot goes obviously. But then, you know, for us in Texas and I'm sure other places, you know, you're kind of looking out to make sure there's not snakes. It was something constantly that we were always thinking about. So we thought it would be fun on Instagram to have this kind of thing once a week or once a month where if we saw something on the trail, you or I, that we would take a picture about it and say, you know, is it a snake? Is it just like a root or a stick? So we called it nope or nope rope. We thought, okay, that's hilarious. That's so funny, so Stephen. It's hilarious. It's funny, hilarious. And the problem with it is, one, I still have yet to see a snake. <laughs> I think we've seen two in the four to five years that we've been running out in the trail, Stephen. Yeah, and, and it's been few and far between. And and then the reality is, it really ended up you and I walking around on the trails with our phones. <laughs> taking pictures. Taking pictures of sticks. <laughs> so <laughs> we'd be running and somebody's like, why are those guys walking around taking pictures of sticks? And I've already gotten in trouble taking pictures on the trail anyway, you know, and one of the episodes I explained where I, it looked like I was just taking pictures of people, but I really wasn't. Won't get into that story now. Nope or nope rope. Um, in fact, if you scroll through our, our Instagram, I think some of those one were... One of the early, early ones. Uh, some of the earlier ones, they, they were there. So again, uh, we, we're, we're learning. We're, we're still a brand new podcast and, and we're, we're definitely growing. We really appreciate all you guys are listening. But those were some, some failed segments that either never saw the light of day or that maybe we had some some brighter people in our lives that maybe encourage us to um, to maybe maybe change them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, go, go a different direction. Yeah, exactly. And Stephen, one of the things that we love about this podcast is we feel like it's everyone's pocket, not just ours. We love feedback from our listeners. We get ideas from listeners. We actually love to hear from the Big Ass Runner Herd on different segment ideas. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. And and I would say this, if you have an idea for a segment, if there's a if there's something out there that you think, hey, you know what, that, that might be a good idea, just DM us, let us know. We're always open to new ideas on different types of segments, things that you like about the show, things that you don't, or maybe some things you want to bring back. You know, maybe you you want to see what snakes look like in Texas. 
we'll be more than happy to post them. We'd on love Instagram. to do that. Yeah. Or if you'd like to hear us chew and talk with food in our mouth, um, we can definitely be accommodating in that way. All kidding aside, if you have segments or segment ideas, send them to us. We'd love to take a look at them. And, and who knows? Maybe one of your segments might might make it on the show. In fact, I believe Stephen asked the data scientist was an idea that Danny had when she was asking why trucker hats. That's true. Yeah. So you never know. Well, with that, Stephen, that is segments that didn't fly. Well, Stephen, believe it or not, that is the end of episode 29. It was a great episode, Stephen. Yeah, thank you guys so much, Denver. Thank you so much for for doing the introduction. And yeah, what great stories we had today from Lisa, Marie, and Megan. Thank you guys so much for doing that. And if there's any segment ideas that you guys have, uh, let us know. Hey, Jeff, you know, a lot of times we we get to this part of the show and we ask people different ways that they can help out. Is there any way that you think that people could help out on Instagram that helps people know a little bit more about the show or how to spread the word? Yeah, I think we want our listeners to be forward. What? We want them to be forward. You know what that means, Stephen? Um, They really want to be aggressive. That's right. Yes. No, we want them to play power forward. Okay, perfect. No, if they could go on Instagram, if you see a post from our Instagram that you like, Mm -hmm. just forward it to someone. I think that really helps us share the message and gets people that may not know much about the show to understand a little bit what the show's about. So yeah, if you see a post you like this week, forward it on to somebody else. Okay, and Jeff, for the people that aren't as savvy on Instagram, how does somebody forward a message? Well, Stephen, did you ever make little paper airplanes when you were a kid? You know, all, you fold them up. All the time. And see how far you could throw them? That's how, exactly what I did with my schoolwork. <laughs> your, your homework? <laughs> yes, exactly. Look for that little paper airplane symbol, hit that, and you can forward it on to any of your friends. Huh, that's pretty simple. It's fantastic. Yeah, all right. Well, listen, that is is episode number 29 until then we really encourage you guys get out there enjoy the trails and keep running your asses off fun but but before we get to that but before we get to that well, Katie said every... Now, we talked about Bucky's... Let me start over on that one. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how to get the back on. That, that was funny. Okay. That, that was a good one. Sorry. Ashley pointed out, and she's right about this, Roadstock... Bucky's has this thing called Beaver Nugget. Bucky's has this... <laughs> Sorry, we should start over with that one. What does Emily say? It was the one with the stone head, the stone head, the big stone heads. They've got to worry about orangutans and clouded shepherds. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was not what I was trying to say. Hey, listen, Maria. <laughs> got some cookies. Cookie master. <laughs> I want cookies, I do. Did you have a thought? I did. It was really good, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lost it. Was it about this this one? Yeah. Would end up any other way? That's great. And then I want to get away. I want to fly.